the Torah tea this week, of course we're doing, we have a double portion this week. We have Tazriya and Mitzayra. And um, we'll concentrate today a little bit about the portion of Tazriya. Um, it's interesting. Um, we'll review a little bit of a Sikha. This is in the volume 7 of uh, of Lakuti Sikhas on the uh, first parish of Tazriya, the first Tazriya. Um, I'm just wondering, are you able to... Um, so there's, you know, we always have the name. We'll concentrate on the uh, first portion, which is the portion of Tazriya. Now, what's the uh, first uh, 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 words of the verse? Uh, it talks about Isha Kisazriya. In the very literal, it talks little halacha, that when a woman conceives or... Uh, when she becomes fertile and she gives birth. There's a laws what happens when she gives birth to a male, what happens when she gives birth to a females, etc., etc. But t- today we're going to talk a little bit about the deeper meaning of what it is, you know. I mean, of course, Isha, the woman, the feminine, is also referencing the Jewish people. We are sort of the feminine is considered the recipient, and the masculine is the one that gives. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem is equated to the uh, male, to the masculine, and the people are considered the, um, the recipients. And the verse, what it's talking about in the inner meaning is that when the Isha, when the person becomes frugal, when a person conceives, what does that mean? When the human conceives, which means, as the Alter Rebbe explains in the Kutte Torah, that uh, when a person works hard, uh, he doesn't just get something as a gift. You know, sometimes... We don't know from where, but we get a uh, a spiritual sort of an enlight- uh, sort of a, something comes into our head, into our heart, and we get a spiritual arousal. You know, it comes from above. We didn't we didn't prepare ourselves. We didn't work with it. That that is sort of related to Hashem. That is like a gift from Hashem. Uh, those gifts that we get from Hashem sometimes are very temporary, because if we don't act immediately, and we don't take care of that, comes quickly, goes quickly, you know, so it doesn't really stay. But Ishaq Kitazriya is interpreted that when you work hard, and you become the person that works hard to achieve, uh, so then what you give, the result of it is a a stable and a strong connection. So it almost sounds like, so how do we name all these parshios? So you want to ask, how do we name the parshios when we have different portions of the Torah? So if you notice, most of the parshios are named by the first words of the parsha. So many portions begin with the words, by Daber Hashem El Moshe Lemor. God speaks to Moshe saying. Here, let me see if I can put it on on the um, on the board. Give me a sec. 
how are names of the parsha determined? So, the first, if we, the, the first words of this parsha, for example, is by Daber Hashem El Moshe Lamer. So we know we can't name. I mean, by Daber Hashem El Moshe Lamer would not identify if you name a parsha by Daber or Hashem or El Moshe Lamer. Those are every parsha. So most of the time, the way we think of it is, we think that. Uh, the first word that you can give, uh, give the name, right? The, the truth of the matter is uh, that really a name of a Parsha is really gives like, like the name of a book, right? The name of the book gives out in one word what the essence of that book is. That's what the name is. A name is sort of the title, what this book is, okay? So, like in this week's Parsha, it seems like we could have had a Parsha named Isha. Because the first word is, Vaidaber Hashem, El Moshe Lamer. What's the first word? Isha Kitazria. I was going to see if I could put it on the, on the screen to give you an idea. Uh, I'm going to put it on the screen. Let's just make it real quick here. Uh, that's not, uh, uh, let's see, so um, let's see if I can do this uh, quickly, um, um, uh, I'm not sure how this thing works over here in the, uh, let's see, oh, hold on, hold on, it seems that this would have been a perfect Parsha to name Isha? Because the first, the very first word is Isha. Isha is the first, Isha means a woman. So we would have one Parsha with the name Isha. But no. What do we name it? It's called Tazria. Okay? The Parsha is called, commonly known, as if you look like on the top of the heading over here. It's called Tazria. The Parsha is known as Tazria. Tazria means when she will conceive or she will become uh, fruitful. She will... I want to tell Hayana, sure. mute yourself. All right, so we can almost call this Parsha Isha because that would make sense. But yet we call it Tazria. As I said earlier, Tazria means... Isha represents the Jewish people. Because we are the feminine, we are the wife, sort of, or, of, of Hashem. So we are the Isha, and that represents that when we, as the Bnei Yisrael, as the feminine, if we are Kisazria, Kisazria means we are the ones that work hard to become, conceive, what are we talking about conceiving? Here we're talking about conceiving a child or conceiving a male or a female, right? We're talking about conceiving a child. So, but on the spiritual level, what does it mean to conceive a child? It means you give birth to a love to Hashem. You give birth to a yearning to connect to Hashem. So, there is a special... Uh, blessing, and there's a special power 
when it's the woman, which means when it's the person that is the one that is Mazriya, which works hard to get that level of connection to Hashem. As I said earlier, um, sometimes you get a connection to God out of the blue. You don't know where it comes from. You just all of a sudden feel you're connected. But that connection is not a lasting connection because it may work for just a little bit, but it doesn't work for a long time because as they say, easy come, easy goes. But Isha Kitazria, when you conceive, which means when you are the one that becomes involved and you are the one that works hard and you get results, that means you give birth, you give birth to a male, which means you give birth to strength, so that comes as a result from your connection. So here, uh, what the Rebbe brings out over here is that um, there is something special that the Torah did not, they didn't see it fit. Why don't we call this Parsha Isha? Why do we call it Tazria? It's because the main point over here that we want to impart, the Torah wants to impart over here, is the fact that we have to work towards things to achieve them. So, if you look, last week's Parsha, which was what? Last week's Parsha was the uh, discussion about which animals are kosher and which animals are not kosher. It talked about uh, uh, kosher animals, then it talked about kosher fish, it talked about kosher birds, it talked about kosher and not kosher. In other words, which laws were discussed over there? Discussed the laws of the domain, the living domain. And after the Torah finishes to discuss the laws of the animal domains or the living domain, the Torah goes on to discuss the laws of the humans, the laws of people. So the order is, it seems a little bit surprising, why would the Torah first take care and tell us laws that pertains to the animals? Okay, they pertain to the people, what is kosher or not, but it's still talking about the animals, why don't we first talk about the humans? Which brings us to another question. When you look in the six days of creation, so the animals were mostly created on the fifth day of creation. The human was created on the sixth day of creation. So one wonders why did Hashem do it in such a way that He... Um, created the human being last? Why did he create the human being last and after all the other animals? So, there are various explanations, but we were saying, just like Hashem created the human being last, Hashem also taught us the laws of the human being after the Torah teaches us the laws of the animals. So, we're comparing that. If you want to take a look in the in the Rashi over here, I can show you in the Chumash over here. 
Okay, I'm going to read to you. It doesn't have any vowels, but you can read over here. It says, I'll highlight it. Amar Rabbi Simlai, that's the rabbi. He says, Kishem Sheyitzirosoy Shel Adam. Just as the formation, the creation of the human being, Achar Kol Behema Chayev it came after all the animals, the tame and the wild animals and the birds, in the act of creation. So he says, Kach, likewise, Toirosoi, the teaching of the human being, Nisparsha, was articulated, Achar, after Toiras Behemoth Chayavoyf. After the teaching of the Behemoth Chayavoyf, that's when we learn. This is the first Rashi on the Pasuk. So basically, the human being was created last, after all the animals, and the same thing his teaching is last. But the question is, why was the, why was the reason that the person was actually created last? Why was the human being created last? So the Medrash says like this, that we tell a person that if a person does not behave the way he should, so we tell him, look, you have nothing what to be arrogant about because even a mosquito, even a small worm comes before you. So don't hold yourself and don't boast about yourself as being greater than anything. You created last. You're no big deal. You're no hotshot because everything else created before you and you were created last. This is the reason the Midrash says. Now there's other reasons. The Gemara says, there's other reasons. Uh, what was the other reasons? Some people say because people shouldn't say that God had partners to create the world because if there was man, there was human being, they're going to say, oh, they helped God. Or others say that a person should be able to eat right away. So there's various different reasons. Question is, all these reasons apply for creation. So we're telling the person, you were created last, so you don't have to be arrogant about yourself. We're telling the person, you were created last, and therefore you have everything ready, whatever the case is. But how do we explain this as far as the teaching? But the Torah, why does the Torah tell us the law? This is not, the law is something different. Why are the laws of the human being taught to us at the end? And the Rebbe explains that the Rebbe explains the challenges of the human being are much greater than anything else in this world. Everything in this world, all the created being that Hashem created, they follow the nature. They don't have any choices. They can't choose to do good, and they can't choose to, choose to do bad. They are what God created them. Even if you have wild beasts or you have uh, dangerous animals, but they are not acting out of free choice. They are acting out of their nature. The only person 
that has a choice and can do things the wrong way is the human being. And therefore, uh, the challenge of a person is much greater because a person, just by definition, has certain abilities to do good and to do bad. And because he has those choices, it's much more difficult to deal with overcoming because you have various different ways you can go. Uh, As the Rebbe will explain, that because of that, we all have two parts to ourselves. We have some very, very strong and positive things that we're born with. Just by nature. God gave us human beings, gave us a soul, gave us an extra soul, gave us positive, gave us energy, gave us the ability to do good things. But He also gave us a Yetzir Hara. He gave us evil inclinations. So He gave us something that we have to battle. And it is much more difficult uh, to battle and to win your battles when we're talking about a human being. So, when the Torah writes over here too, the Torah goes in order. First it tells you about how to conquer the animal world, tells you about the laws of the animals. You start off with the easier things. Eventually, you come to the human being. How do we conquer? How does one conquer your own self? How do you conquer yourself? They just notified me that I'm going to run out in 10 minutes. So I don't know if you can make another Zoom call. Let's see where it is. I just, I got, did you see the message too or no? You got the message also. Okay. So let's continue here. So we're saying like this. Uh, how do we study things? When we start to study things, um, you study, you start with the easy things first. Um, you start to learn Torah as much as you can understand bits and pieces. And even you start to study Torah not so much because it's a godly, it's a holy, it's a spiritual. You study Torah because sometimes you study Torah before rewards. You know, the Rambam says that how do you start? You teach, and even a child, you promise them sweets, you promise them treats, and they start learning until they get trained into the learning. And the same thing happens. You don't start with the most difficult parts of the Torah. You start with the easier parts of the Torah. And as you become more uh, advanced, you progress. You go to the higher level. So, the same thing is also uh, that when you start with teaching how to apply the Torah and how to overcome, you also start uh, from the easier parts. You start with the easier parts and then you're coming to the higher parts. And the Rebbe explains over here that this rabbi over here, he was a simple person. This is Rabbi Simloi. You remember you quoted in the Rashi over here. You see this rabbi over here, Omar Rabbi Simloi. This Rabbi Simloi was a very simple person. 
And the Talmud says actually that um, uh, he had a hard time uh, explaining explaining um, various different things, and the rabbis had a hard time teaching him. He had to put in a lot of effort. He was a challenged student, so to speak, by today's terms. He was a challenged student. So, you know, there's two things, there's two ways, as we uh, talked a little bit before. Sometimes Hashem can just give you the brains, so to speak. He makes everything easy for you. Some people we look at, you know, it looks like their life is easy. They study easy, everything goes easy for them. They have it all. Everything has been given to them as a gift. Uh, you know, there is an advantage to getting a gift, because if Hashem wants to give you a gift, He can give you an enormous gift. It's not limited. Hashem can give you any gift He wants, because He has no limit. So if Hashem gives something to you, uh, it can be much bigger. The gift is greater. But if you have to work for something, and you have to achieve it with your own effort, uh, you actually can't reach such a high level because you're limited, whatever your strengths are. But whatever you do get, you really internalize. If you worked hard for it, so what you do get, what your achievements are really ingrained and you really absorb it and you really own it. It's Somebody gives you something, you have it, but you don't really connect with what you have because it's still above you. It's a lot. They gave you a lot, but it's not something that really connects with you. But when you work hard for something, so even though you're limited, but then you gain uh, a lot, a lot more in internalized that you really become part of it. So, when we talk about two reasons why the person was created last, on one hand we say, what did we get a gift from above? As far as what we got from Hashem, of course, the human being is higher than anything else. We're the only one that have an neshama. We have a soul. So what we got from Hashem is no question that He gets it right away. Even before you start to work. Now, even if sometimes we mess up our lives and we don't follow through, but the gift that we got from Hashem, our soul is always there. It says even when we make mistakes and even if we're there, we're not doing what we should, but our soul is always there. Hashem is always connected with us. We're still connected. But, so from that advantage, there's an advantage to the human being. But when you talk about the advantages of working things through, then a person when he's born doesn't have any advantage over any, any, any animals. On the contrary, a human being, as far as you work through, a person potentially can be worse than the animal because... The animal can't do against Hashem's will, but a human being can do the Hashem's will. 
Rabbi Simloi, this rabbi, because he had to work hard for everything he achieved, he saw the advantage in what you work hard for. So he said, just like the creation of people was the last, as we're reading over here, why was the person created after all? The Medrash said, he says, the reason is because you, you're no better than the old animals. You're just like that. You know, don't hold yourself bigger. So he says the same thing as the t- teaching of the Torah is also been taught you the last because the Torah that you have has been given to you to make a difference and change yourself around, to work hard and achieve wholesomeness through your work. This is why the Torah was not named Isha. That would represent the human being. Why not call it a human being? Because it's not just about being a human being. It's about working hard. It's about achieving. It's about Kisa Zriya. It's the fact that you work hard in your mazriya and then you get the higher level. So, and this is, I think, very important, this Rabbi Sinloi. I mean, people that don't have challenges in their lives, who get things easy, don't appreciate sometimes the people, what they have to go through and how their lives are changed or become greater and better and stronger, the fact that they did have the challenges. They just give themselves credit and they're maybe sometimes criticals of other people who have not been given the gifts that they were. They got a gift, Hashem gave them. Gave them a good mind, gave them a good family, gave them a lot of money, gave them uh, good health, gave them all the blessings. And they don't have the capacity to realize that other people didn't get their gift and maybe they can even be critical of it. But somebody like Rabbi Simloi, who had challenges, his learning wasn't, didn't come easy, and he had difficulties, he says no. He sees the value in struggling. He sees the value in working hard. He sees the value in achieving greatness. So he says, your Torah that you're learning, it comes later. First, it goes in the order. Learn about everything else and then you will sort of purify and then you will help yourself. And I think the same thing is actually true with your own family, or if you teach others, or with uh, other people, is sometimes you have the easy one, the a child which is easy, they don't give you any heartache, they don't give you any challenges, and, you know, things are easy over there. And then you say, you know, oh, that's perfect. But the truth, the Torah says Tazria. It's actually the one that you got to work harder with. Hello? But sometimes 
Uh, let me just lower this. We're just talking about the fact that, you know, sometimes when we have challenge, we have challenges in our own lives, um, or we have challenges in in very different way. Are the other people in? I don't uh, see any. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. We're in. Uh, who's missing? Sarah. 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 Uh, okay. So, so in that case, so I guess what is the uh, encouragement of this? You know, we're also uh, most of the times our lives are so automatic. You know, we have all expectations, and we're just you know living, and we we know where we're going, you know, what we're doing, then we get such a pandemic over here, like such a crazy, turns everything upside down, inside out, and nobody knows, and like we said before, that, um, you know, it's it's not only the people that are sick, which, how many people are worried, afraid of getting sick, you know, and people, <laughs> everybody's fearful, you know, sometimes the fear, I think they said that the, uh, the 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 biggest uh, profession after this will be all the all the psychiatrists and the <laughs> the <laughs> therapist will be very very busy with all the uh, you know unfortunately with all the uh, effects of this thing. But so this gives us a moment for a moment to sort of realize, hey, you know what, we have uh, challenges in this world. It's not just, we can't take care of everything. Uh, you know, there's not, there's not everything that we are in control. The medical world is not in control over everything. Is The United States, our government is not in control of everything. And in a minute, you know, look how many lives have been, unfortunately, shattered. But I, I think I told you the story last time that we saw how Hashem can very easily shatter and all the schools and all the sports and all the, I mean, just all the stores and all the businesses and all the suffering, we see that Hashem can cause just an endless amount in an instant, just like a, a small uh, uh, virus. But we haven't seen that Hashem should give us all the blessings for everybody. And I think that is the coming of Mashiach. <laughs> that, you know, that will change around the entire world. That will change around everything instantly. So that the whole world, because it's almost inconceivable, what is what could happen to give us back or more than we had till now? It's going to take generations, centuries, to to bring back some of the things that were lost. There has to be, just like there was something totally unexpected in a pandemic like this, to cause so much heartache and so much destruction and so much pain, there has to be something outside of this world to bring back so much endless joy, so much simcha, so much gladness of heart, so much healing, that all the sick and all the suffering and this whole world, everything that is negative will disappear. The only thing I know is Mashiach. <laughs> Mashiach comes, 
healed the whole world, healed everything. So instantly, everything, the Jewish people, the whole world, because you see the whole world is connected. We can't separate. It's all, we're in it. We're in one world, everybody, the Jew, the non-Jew, all of us are in it together. So when the healing comes, and that's what we pray for, we hope that Hashem will bring healing to all of us and not only bring us back, the Rebbe brings sometimes an example, and the Tanya brings an example. Sometimes you have a rope that you ripped, and when it's ripped, and then you tie it up in the place where it was ripped. So the place where there is a knot is much stronger than the rest of the rope. If you're going to rip, you're not going to rip it by the knot. The knot is doubled and strong that it's not going to uh, go, uh, become uh, undone again. So when we suffer, and there's been a, a cut, sort of, there's been a uh, detachment over here. So when Hashem heals us, and brings us together, which brings us to the month of ER, which starting tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday, I mean Thursday night, sorry about that. Uh, Friday in Shabbos is Rosh Chodesh already for the month of ER, but we blessed, everybody could have blessed the month of ER at home last Shabbos for Friday and Shabbos. And ER stands for Ani Hashem Elokecha Refecha, I am God, your healer. Now, there's a lot of healers, but Hashem is special. As Rashi says, Hashem heals in a way that it doesn't make you sick in the first place. So, doctor heals you when you come with an ailment. So when we're saying that ear is a month that Hashem heals you, basically is that we shouldn't even get sick. We don't need to be healed by making us better, but to protect us, to give us, you know, health. The, you know, we're remembering the Yom HaShoah today, uh, the Holocaust. And, you know, one of the lingering questions that we always had was, I mean, there were such holy tzaddikim, and there were children, innocent babies, and just, people who haven't done anything wrong to anybody and they lived a life of holiness, of purity, of kindness, of charity, of giving. We're the holiest, most beautiful people and we wonder uh, why did they perish and why were they uh, taken in such cruel, inhumane ways. In a way, you read, like in Israel especially, and as I mentioned earlier, in some of the religious communities, we're talking about rabbis who were teachers, who were people that gave of themselves so much to other people. And you wonder, you know, read a, a terrible tragedy, a father of only 49 years old, a father of 14 children, and, you know, he fell victim to the coronavirus over here and they did the burial yesterday in from Bnei Brak in Israel and you sort of want to cry out to Hashem and say why and enough you know so 
I don't have the answers, and I don't think anybody has any answers. We just know that we accept, you know, we say Dayan Ha'emet, and the law is that even though the bracha is different, so when something good happens to you, you say Shechiyanu, you make a Shechiyanu, or you say Hatov Vahametiv, but when something negative happens to you, you say Dayan Ha'emet, you thank the true judge, but yet, when you say to Hashem, Baruch Atah Hashem, you accept, you bless Hashem with the same emotional and with the same belief and with the same connection. You say, Baruch Atah Hashem, I thank you Hashem. So while we don't have any answers, but we still accept Hashem's judgment, but we pray to Hashem that all of this negative should cease and that we should uh, not... Uh, know of any more sorrow or not know of any more tzuris and we hope for healing and rehabilitation of all of those that need healing and rehabilitation and Hashem will send them in the ear his healing and his